irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to On the Couch with Dr. Michelle, right here on LA Talk Radio. This is Dr. Michelle Cohen, and welcome to my couch. As you always are here on Fridays, 11 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time in beautiful Los Angeles. Yes, you are ready to learn so much today. I know you are. I put it out there in the media because I have an amazing guest, as always. But you're going to learn a lot about your thoughts and your body, the mind-body thing. So before we get started, uh, let me ask you some questions, because I always like to do that. And I just want you to think about these things. Do you have uh, ongoing pain, or even chronic pain, as we call it, in your body? So, yeah, we all have pains and aches, things like that. But have you gotten to a point where you think you'll always feel this way, like you've been sentenced to a lifetime of pain? Um, You know, a lot of time I see patients... Uh, And they seem to kind of lose hope for a positive future when they have a lot of pain, which creates more pain, of course. And they get depressed, and um, there's a lot of harsh self-judgment going on, I see, anxiety. And, And really, most importantly, what I see is the inability to process feelings and sensations inside of their body. And, and they also do what I call catastrophizing. You might have heard that before. Um, that's kind of expecting the things that will never go right. Right? Uh, just my luck. I know it's going to be bad. Things always turn out bad for me. Because I have pain, I'm always going to be subjected to a life like this. Things like that. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Or you know somebody who does this all the time. But now switch it up. Let's switch it up a little bit. I want you to think about how much your mental states affect your pain. Think about that. In other words, have your unresolved problems or your negative thoughts about yourself and, uh, you know, other feelings you've shoved down in your life, do you suppose, cause much of your pain? Now, I know what you guys are thinking out there, right? Come on. I have herniated discs in my lower back or in my neck or whatever. I have arthritis in my hips, in my body. This is real physical damage. So don't give me any of this stuff about my inner problems are causing my pain. Come on, Doc. Just I don't want to hear it. Just give me my Norco and my Oxycontin and leave me alone. I'll be fine. <laughs> You're yelling at me and thinking at me like that right now. I get it. I understand. I really do. You know. But what's going on today is we're talking about conquering chronic pain. And I guarantee that you're going to be surprised at how much your mental state affects your pain. It's really true. Yeah, I know. It makes us more depressed. It's like a... a, it's like a hamster wheel. We just keep going on it, going on it. We have the pain, and then we get depressed. We get sad. We feel out of control, and then it contributes more to sad feelings, and then more to pain, and it's a hamster wheel. That's the way it is. So you're going to recognize today that a lot of the problems you're having in your body result from maladaptive thinking patterns. Okay, And it's really important that you try to understand them and how they may contribute to your suffering. I mean, we don't want to suffer, you know? So what we're going to be talking about is you kind of gain insight about some of the aspects of pain and suffering. And you're going to learn maybe some skills about how to relieve the burden that they impose on your life. Now, a lot of people who've been under a high degree of stress, you know, you know who you are out there. 
Everybody. <laughs> That's right. Um, if you've been under stress for a really long time, you know, maybe because of adverse or traumatic events, you're more likely to develop chronic pain. Yeah, that's that's exactly what the studies have found. It's really fascinating. And, you know, we're going to be talking much more about that. And you can call in if you like, guys. I'd love to hear from you. Many of my listeners, you guys out there, you email me because you're shy and you don't want to get your voice on the air, which I also understand. So do so if you feel free. You have any questions for my special guest who I'm going to introduce in just a bit. Uh, you can email me. It's straight talk doc at gmail.com straight doc talk at gmail.com yep that it that's straight talk doc at gmail also you can call guys if you wish it's 323-203-0815 if you have a question or comment uh, about what we're talking about love to hear from you guys so let's get to it today i am talking to dr peter prescott you've heard of him I'm sure you have. He's been in the media a lot. Uh, He's an academic physician with appointments in neurology, pediatrics, psychiatry, and an osteopath who directs the pain management track at the Betty Ford Center. You know, that's a part of the Hazleton Betty Ford Foundation in Rancho Mirage right out here in California. And Dr. Perezkop has created integrated treatment for chronic pain patients, and it's called neurocognitive enhancement. You're going to learn more about that. Uh, By the way, he also founded the Pediatric Chronic Pain and Headache Clinic at Loma Linda Children's Hospital way back in 2008. He's published over 40 articles and is active in teaching students, residents, and fellows. And actually, today we're going to be talking to him about his latest book, which is a must-get must read. It's called Conquer Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach. And uh, we're on the line right now. Thanks so much for being on the couch today with us, Dr. Prescott. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be on the couch. <laughs> you know, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're you're a superstar. You, you have really laid it out here in your book, uh, about the principles of how our bodies and minds work together. And and not only are you a psychologist, but you're a physician. You're you're trained in neurology and, and pain management. It's just and also what it it really is good for is people who want psychological help in general, not just conquering pain. So <laughs> I really appreciated that you wrote this book. So thank you. It's it's important that people know the downside. Yeah. And the downside is I'm half Polish. Yes. That isn't something I can change. Yes. Exactly. So, Dr. Prescott, I want to get into helping listeners understand more about your findings and, you know, the exercises, some of the tools they can use to help conquer chronic pain. But one of my favorite things is always to ask authors and specialists, you know, about themselves. Mm-hmm. So what was it that encouraged you to write this book? It, it is really a groundbreaking book, and it proves that stress and, and a lot of internalized emotions can actually make us chronically ill physically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that it all began when I was a third-year medical student. Mm-hmm. I was actually one of the few who were interested in seeing patients who had chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Most of the attendings I was with and most of the other medical students deemed the chronic pain patient as sort of a special case whose psychiatric would complain a lot and weren't, weren't actually sure what was going on. And I actually was interested in meeting them. Mm-hmm. And as I got to meet them, I, I kind of understood that everybody has a story, and the story of pain probably began long before the onset of it hurts here or the, the physical pain here. And it became clear to me, I actually interviewed for a pain fellowship at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. That was a traditional pain fellowship. It was clear to me about a half hour, and this isn't going to match. You know, I can't do all this traditional stuff that historically doesn't, work, so I, I decided to try and figure it out and develop somewhere yeah. a program that seemed to match what we knew about pain. Yeah. And then I was thinking about writing a book for five years, and I was engaged in a lot of academic uh, stuff, and I just didn't really have time. I wrote a chapter here, a chapter there. Yeah. And then the 
publishers and agents in contact me, and it kind of all came to place. At, at first, I thought I was academically selling out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so cool. Uh, and, um, you know, I know that you you, you have the mind and uh, the body. You talk about being an athlete. You know, I was reading your bio, and you're you're really trained in uh, kung fu, other martial arts. Qigong is, is a huge... That's how I pronounce it. Maybe I've done it wrong, but... <laughs> I still... That's good. Uh, I'm actually kind of an amateur at Qigong. Uh, I was good at Chinese kung fu. Mm. And... I've seen a lot of people do Qigong. Um, I started a program, and I realized I, I couldn't go in there and teach them Kung Fu. Yes. So, that's why I started to learn Qigong. Uh, I've been doing it probably 10 years. Wow. That's all. That's amazing. <laughs> that's a real... Uh, what a wonderful practice that is. Um, so, so let's get into the definition um, okay. of chronic pain. So... You talk about in your book the difference between the accepted definition of chronic pain among, you know, just the healthcare professionals and, and mm-hmm. your definition of chronic pain. And I know you have a second part of those definition of that definition. So if you could share with us um, what your definition is as opposed to the, you know, medical community generally. Sure. Um, traditionally, chronic pain is... Physical pain that's been present for three months or more. It doesn't have to be every day, but mm-hmm. consistently present. It's pretty broad. Uh, a, a lot of people fall under that yeah. definition. But uh, in order to adequately treat chronic pain, I, I had to come up with something kind of different because a, a lot of the predisposing stuff to chronic pain is just that uneasy feeling inside that you see with depression, anxiety. Sure. People who are had adverse events. Mm-hmm. So I define chronic pain as any uh, thing that you feel inside mm-hmm. that's associated with a negative story, mm-hmm. narrative, and or uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a broader category, and it's something, as you know, that all of us experience at times, but if it's prolonged, if, if it's been there for a long time, right. if it started in childhood, Mm. You're predisposed to chronic stress. You're predisposed to a lot of illness. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're talking about uh, when you're exposed to it as a child, what specifically are you talking about? Um, a lot of anxiety, stress, um, you know, psychological issues, um, and trauma? For me, it's adversity. Ah. Things happen. So yeah. uh, either events that happen that you perceived as a threat or being maltreated mm. or just under chronic stress for a long time. Yeah. A lot of the kids I, I see, a lot of adolescent girls mm-hmm. have had kids, they've been abused, they've been bullied, or mm. they are just under a lot of pressure to perform from yeah. themselves, from their parents, from others. Right. And, and that's the kind of adversity that begets chronic stress, that begets a lot of illness. Wow, that is amazing. You know, I do see that a lot. Uh, it's an, there's an amazing uh, amount of, like, adolescents and, and young adults and males I see in my practice as well who, who really yeah. are under so much stress in society today to perform, to be the best, to be on top academically or to, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, to be the best of the best. And, of course, the media doesn't help uh, with young women. You know, you have to be all these things. Uh, right. a beautiful, perfect body, a brilliant um, uh, student, uh, popular. You know, it's just uh, a lot of the messages. Goes on and on. Yeah, I think it's kind of damaging, huh? So it makes a lot of and sense. Then, uh, as you know, we get to a point where no matter what we do at the end of the day, it's not quite good enough. So yeah. there's this self-judgment that's just incredibly harsh. It really is. By the way, guys, in case you just tuned in here, you're on the couch on LA Talk Radio with Dr. Michelle. And today I'm talking to Dr. Peter Prescott. Uh, he's written an amazing book, and it's a, it really, I think, is a must-read. Uh, psychologically as well as physiologically. It's called Conquer Chronic Pain. It's an innovative mind-body approach. And um, Dr. Prinzkopf is uh, a superstar in the field. He's an academic physician with appointments in neurology, pediatrics, psychiatry. 
He's an osteopath, and he directs the pain management track at the Betty Ford Center here in California. So uh, he knows what he's talking about. And the book is a comfortable read, too. It's not, uh, you know, there's not a lot of medical jargon in here that you're going to say, what? I don't understand this. It's very, I appreciate that, by the way. Thank you for writing it this way for me. Uh, it really helped me understand, um, you know, the beginnings of chronic pain and, and how how our problems unresolved and shoved down really affect our bodies. It's amazing. So can you just uh, touch on how and why our brains and and minds and bodies, all all three different systems, as you talk about, feel chronic pain and how they kind of work to create that physical pain we experience? Yeah, sure. Um, A lot of what we're taught in medical school is that you reduce down to the body that's material, something that you can see. But mm-hmm. somewhere in there, we, we have this thing called a mind that doesn't have a material extension. And it goes back as far as Aristotle, Plato, even before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional Chinese medicine has talked about the 5,000 years. But mm. if you think of the story that's going on, in us all of the time in this thing called mind. Mm-hmm. We're interpreting the world, and, and part of it, part of the interpretation is this is the person I am in the world that has been referred to and I refer to as autobiographical narrative. Mm-hmm. That's the narrative of myself and the world. Mm-hmm. If, if that mind early on has a negative bent to the narrative, that's going to predispose one to not feeling the pain inside. That's mm. the original thing I said about pain. It's just wow. that feeling inside of uneasiness. It doesn't feel okay at the end of the day or during the day. Yeah. All of the studies that we've done, and a lot of others have done, who are probably more well done and brighter, have shown that if you have those predisposing things, your chances of experiencing physical pain that becomes chronic are dramatically enhanced, but mm-hmm. the, the interpretation has to be in the mind that there's a component of the brain where there's an electrical, chemical sort of a signal that's going on that parallels that, right. and then there's, there's the thing that you actually feel inside of your body, but there's a lot of quiet mental states and or anesthesia, contemplative states, mindful states that crying pain people can go in, or when we experience pain, and, and the pain is not interpreted as that horrible thing. It, it's just this thing that I feel. Right. That, so if, if you can teach people to do that, that's probably a better treatment than opioids or try to stop the signal as it ascends. Does that seem to make Yes. Sense? No, it really does. It, it it absolutely does. It's almost like uh, you know the the opioids. I, I, I talked about a little earlier. You know, just give me my Norco and my oxycontin and go away. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll just I'll function with that and just I don't want to hear about this mindfulness stuff and the and the qigong and I don't want to hear about any of this stuff. But I mean, um, what's terrific and we will be talking about this um, in a little bit later. Uh, today in the show is the um, the exercises, the tools you can use, both mind and body. And this is real mm-hmm. stuff that's been tested, guys, out there. We have some emails coming in, but I, what I want to do is continue to ask you more questions here so so we can get to some of the um, some of the exercises. But so you talk about, okay, so thinking about some of the past negative emotional experiences and mm-hmm. or or you know, it's like our autobiographical narrative that you say we have within us and you say they have a physical component so um what we have to do then is we have to understand that if we change our thinking if we change our body our, through through movement certain movements we can't kill ourselves don't have to go to the gym every day and work up a giant sweat um <laughs> we can actually regulate and change that pain within us and eventually get off narcotics you think uh there's no evidence that being on narcotics for chronic pain helps there's mounting evidence that it's doing a lot of bad things so that's kind of what the data actually says wow and when you talk about body 
there's mm-hmm. two components. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you experience an emotion, there's the thing that you feel inside, that kind of feeling that goes through you. If it's happy, it's a feeling of elation, but it's not cognitive yet. It's, it's kind of just, you know, this is how it feels to be happy. If it's mm-hmm. sad or it's fear or it's abuse, it's a different sort of feeling. And then the narrative begins of, you know, this is what, what happened, I'm in love, versus I've just been abused or violated. Wow. At the same time, there's a feeling going on inside. And a lot of times when it's a negative thing, what we do to cope is ignore the thing yeah. that we feel inside. Right. Because that's, that's what we feel. That's right. Where the pain is. Yeah. But the pain for me is actually in the narrative. Mm. And the treatment is to learn to shut the narrative off and just find where that sensation is still in there because it's trapped. Yeah. And allow it to pass through these Qigong exercises of just letting energy pass. And a lot of the, the treatments I do with the patients, I allow them to do that. And right. they start to get this heat and they start to sweat. And they don't know what is going on. But right. afterwards, they start to feel that sense of, freedom of common. This isn't anything new. Mm-hmm. People have been doing this for thousands of years, but right. it's kind of through a new uh, method of reducing things to linear patterns that we've right. lost this type of treatment completely. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, you know, and the thing, like you said, it's been done for so many years, and a lot of it, you know, comes from, I, I think, some of the Eastern, you know, meditative yeah. uh, uh, practices and things, which really do truly work. Um, what, what do you think about acupuncture and acupressure? I just thought I'd throw this out. I'm... I think it's great stuff, but, mm-hmm. but like anything else, mm-hmm. the, uh, massage, mm-hmm. chiropractic, osteopathy, external qigong. Yeah. The different people have different skills. Yes. And it's important to find someone who has the skill that matches you. Uh, and that's the most important thing. It's it's not the same as taking a pill where 99% of the people get pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if it's a practitioner who's doing something to help you, then it's kind of matched the person uh, that seems to be able to help you. And in the experience I've had, mm-hmm. the technical technique, Technique is not the most important part of it. The most important part of it is pure intention that you want that person to heal. Yes, yes, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It sure does. Um, guys, if you want to email us, uh, you can do so. If you have any questions for my guest today, Dr. Peter Preskop, uh, you can do so at straighttalkdoc at gmail.com. <laughs> straighttalkdoc at gmail. Uh, we're talking about his latest book today. It's called Conquer Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach. If you have any uh, questions about your pain or situations you've been involved in, uh, please email us. You can also call if you'd like, but I, I've got some emails coming in. But again, I want to uh, focus back on this um, thing you talk about um, uh, when you talk about building up our brain muscle. So uh, you talk about how you train to be an athlete and, and that your daily routine built up your cardiovascular system and, and as it does with all of us, our lung function and our speed and muscle. Um, mm-hmm. But then you say that we can do the same process with our brains, which is called neuroplasticity. So I'm fascinated with this. How can we build brain muscle to manage chronic pain and, and even addiction? Uh, over the last 20 years, it's been shown that when one transitions from chronic, from acute pain to, to subacute pain to chronic pain, there are changes in the structure of the brain. And because of those structural changes, the way the brain functions has been changed. Mm-hmm. So. That's not etched in stone. So what we can do is exercises like the ones I described to first get the stress response under control and then get the areas of the brain that take attention and have been captured by pain and put them back on the world, the things I want to accomplish and and get people from a sense of I don't have any well-being at all the sense right. of well-being, and that's going to change the brain, that's going to change the mind, 
that's going to change the body and it's it's going to change the, the spiritual component of health of, of health i can heal i want to heal and i want to become part of the world because people are kind of think that checked out and yeah. they don't have a good sense of well-being at all and right. the first study i i did i asked 535 chronic pain patients in a chronic pain clinic if, if they had a chance of going on a chronic pain as they are or the other choice would be F, 55% of them said they prefer to die. But so it's wow. pretty bad. Wow. After being on opiates for six months, it went up to 68%. So wow. something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. Something doesn't work. Yeah, that's for sure. Something's not working here. Um, yeah. So we have an email, which I find fascinating. Uh, and, and this is perfect timing here. Um, and this is from Jared. Um, thank you so much for uh, emailing me here at straighttalkdoc at gmail.com. Shall we, uh, shall we give it to go, Dr. Prescott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hear from Jared. All right. It'll be cool. Cool. He says, um, hey, guys, I had a laminectomy 20 years ago uh, in my lower spine due to a bad car accident. I've been fused mm-hmm. in three places. Uh, my family calls me the bionic man because I have tit- <laughs> titanium steel in my back. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've been on pain meds now for 20 years. I know I'm addicted to them. I don't abuse them. My doctor and I monitor my medications regularly, so I'm okay. It just mm-hmm. seems that I still have chronic pain. I had a rough childhood growing up. There was a lot of verbal abuse. And I have mm-hmm. self-esteem issues. Do you suppose that this has affected my, I guess it says, my damage to my back after the car accident? Well, it's just about what we're talking about, huh? Thanks, Jared. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that description is the description of most chronic pain people I see. There's, mm-hmm. there's much more going on. and. Mm-hmm. When you had that abuse, it puts you in the mode kind of of instead of enjoying life, i got to learn how to get through every day mm, yeah. under the constraints of this abuse. That begets the chronic stress that we talked about. Yeah. And that puts you in a category where when you have the accident, the laminectomy, and if, if you have titanium, it sounds like you actually had a fusion. Yes. That all of that, that, that whole person that you are besides the back pain, the adversity that you experience, the current stress that you're under now has to be treated in order yes. for adequate treatment of your chronic pain. And 20 years of opiates, I don't think are doing you any good at no. this point, but yeah. they're helping you to not go into withdrawals because you're dependent and because you don't have another plan. Most chronic pain patients, they get to the point where they're terrified if they stop this plan, even though it's not working, things are going to get worse. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and it is scary, really is. And may I suggest, uh, Jared, that you also um, maybe contact a, a pain specialist, um, possibly a psychologist. Along, I'm sure you're dealing with a neurologist or a pain management specialist, but those, those are wonderful... Um, uh, you know, ways to find out more about what's going on within you, and uh, maybe yeah. somebody who can really work with you, uh, doing insight-oriented therapy. You know, to find mm-hmm. out some of some of the stuff that went on, you know, in your beginnings, and how you can work through that stuff and get in touch uh, with more of that within yourself. Would you say that's fair as well, Doctor Preskov? Uh, I think it's all great stuff, and I would go on to suggest try a Tai Chi class. Try oh. to get a uh, yoga class. Mm. But knowing that when you're on opiates, the effectiveness of that is not going to be 100%. Yes, exactly. That's really true. Thank you so much uh, for the email, Jared. We appreciate it. Hope that helped you out. Um, guys, uh, we're talking today about a, a, a pain, a chronic pain. It's, a, it, it's all over the place. We either know someone who has it or we have it ourselves. We have pain from time to time in our bodies. Uh, you know, we go through injuries. But there are a lot of people who do have injuries, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, osteoarthritis, uh, herniations, uh, you know, issues, fusions, things like that. And there, there, mm-hmm. there's a percentage of folks who don't have a lot of pain from these things, right, doctor? Uh, it's actually interesting because these studies began in the 70s, and they, they've kind of been overlooked. Mm-hmm. And every radiologist who's out there will, will tell you that they look at CAT scans of the abdomen, and one thing they see is a lot of pathology in the spine, but there's, there's people who don't have pain. And probably all of us who are over the age of 45, and I'm certainly in that category, have uh-huh. degeneration of the spine. Yes. But probably 85 to 90% of us don't have pain, but there's 10% of us or more who do, at, at least intermittently, and then there's a percentage of us who have that chronic non-remitting pain that mm-hmm. is almost disabling. Mm-hmm. So part of what we did is try and, and find out what's the difference between those who don't yeah. and those who, who do. Yes, exactly. That's that's that is the key. That's that's really the important thing to do. Um, a couple yeah. of more emails here, but um, I want to get to the good stuff about how we can help ourselves. <laughs> uh, and um, we we do have a specific question related to that, and maybe we can answer it by by me asking you. So, what what are some of the healthy um, coping skills that you suggest? To help us, you know, manage our stress and our, our adversity, as you said earlier, and our chronic pain that's going on. Um, probably the most important one is what Aristotle talked about. And it's simply that we have the ability to put our attention on the outside world. Mm-hmm. And, and we have the ability to take that attention away from the outside world and close our eyes and just put our attention to how it feels inside. Mm-hmm. And he called that imperial Mm-hmm. The, the ability to perceive the inside world. How much time do we do that? Most people, not at all. Yes. Most people might be afraid to do it. But uh, when you practice it, you, you realize that there's a whole large amount of information that's in there. And a, a lot of the information is stressful. Mm-hmm. But if, if you get to perceive that and... Um, you can actually learn how to start to process that information. And that's a lot of how you can free yourself from this constant Mm non-remitting suffering that chronic pain people have, and even people who don't have pain who are just under chronic stress and have a routine that's stressful, have to be at the job, have to have these roles. And there's a lot of us out there. I I experience that still all the time. I have to go back and say, okay, let's go back to the beginning. So quietly close your eyes. What's going on? Is, is it something from the past that's coming back? Is there something that you experienced that mm-hmm. called up something from the, the past? Or is it something now? And mm-hmm. that should be part of our everyday experience, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. Every day. You know, and it's it's more, I guess what they call it now in psychology, too, is mindfulness about, you know, you're aware. You become aware within, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on. Which, which is yeah. really important because we're so much, like you said, and Dr. Prescott, we're so much out there. You know, yeah, that's, we defocus. <laughs> that's why we defocus yeah. because we don't want to go in there and get in touch yeah. with a lot of our old issues and problems and feelings. So yeah. it's a lot easier to stay stressed and always have something to do, you know, even though it's beating it's so, us down, right? So painful, though. It and is. At least for me. The pain is in the mind's narrative. It's not inside there. Yeah. The stuff inside there is just feeling. Mm-hmm. Energy, sensations. That's mm-hmm. all it is. But we get caught in a narrative. Right. And, and, and it's so painful. And we, we refuse mm-hmm. to get outside of that thinking that if we go in the feel, that's where the pain actually is. Yes. But it's not. God, it's so true. It's just not, guys. Um, in case you just tuned in here, you're on the couch. Dr. Michelle here with my special guest today. Uh, it's Peter, uh, Dr. Peter Prescott. He's the author of his latest book. It's called Conquer Chronic Pain, um, an innovative mind-body approach. And it certainly is innovative, but it's been around a very long time. <laughs> a lot of people have been practicing the mind-body uh, uh, you know, connection for a very long time and how to 
sort of go into your feelings and, you know, work with those things, there is sort of a release. There's a chemical release going on, isn't there, Dr. Preskoff? A lot of brain yeah. chemistry is is being yeah, released. There's a lot of things that, that can change. Part of the things that we talked about before of mm-hmm. how the brain can change on mm-hmm. a structural level, on a level of chemistry. Yeah. And it's important that you learn how to actually do that. So you exactly. can dramatically reduce how we suffer. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Uh, we have another uh, email here on Straight Talk Doc at mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gmail. Uh, is from Dave. And uh, he says, uh, I'm 23 and had a bad fall on a motorized scooter when I was 18. I have Mm -hmm. a herniated disc, which is really painful. My doctor has Mm -hmm. given me Vicodin off and on, but I don't want to take these because they make me sick to my stomach. I feel dull and sometimes depressed. I've started Mm -hmm. doing yoga and Mm -hmm. um, try to meditate, but I have a hard time focusing how can I meditate in order to help my pain? That's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, Dave. Uh, thanks a lot for asking that because it's good. Mm. There are many styles of the way people do mindfulness, mm-hmm. meditate. And one of the simplest ones is just put your attention on your breathing yeah. and slow your breathing down. Yeah. Try to slow it at a steady rate so you can get down to maybe eight mm-hmm. breaths per minute and you'll notice that when you do that there'll be periods when your mind is quiet Mm -hmm. and where the healing is is when that narrative is quiet Mm -hmm. that's an entry point just Mm -hmm. to be able to get that those periods of just quietness you'll see that there's a sense in there where you actually begin to feel free right just kind of get in touch with um, what's going on within you again that quietness, mm-hmm. you know, just shuts out all the stimuli from out there. And, of course, we're going to have thoughts. <laughs> we all have the racing thoughts, and we all have the uh, things yeah. that we got to do going on in meditation sometimes. That's normal. It takes a while to practice to get into it. I think an important part of it is when we start meditating, we expect that something's going to happen, and we'll mm-hmm. kind of have an idea that this is how it should go. Mm-hmm. And that... I have to control where it's going to go. But Mm -hmm. the trust that you have to develop is that the body has an intellect as well. And the intellect is, it wants to heal, it doesn't want to be in pain, it doesn't want to suffer. So when you start to do these techniques, if you trust that the thing that's going on is what should be going on, don't try to judge it, don't try to control it. That'll bring you to that next phase that you want to Close to, but breaking through that first yes. phase is kind of a tough one because you're still in the intellectual mind. You're mm-hmm. still trying to control things, judge things. Yeah, and just tell yourself anything that happens should probably happen because this is the entry point to the ability to heal. Yes, exactly. You know, that's a, that's exactly right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, now, maybe in my, my next question, we can answer this from Lindsay. Here's a good one. Uh, and this is more of a psychological question uh, rather than oh. related directly to pain. But, I mean, they're all interrelated, as we've been talking about. Sure. Um, she said, uh, thanks, guys, for your help. My dad, uh, who I was very close to, passed away two years ago. I haven't been able to feel or cry. I'm kind of locked up, dash, numb to all of my feelings. I know I'm shoving them down, but I've never been an emotional person, and I can't feel. Can you help me learn how to feel better? Hmm. Thanks, Lindsay. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing that we talked about with Dave is important, that mm-hmm. you just put your attention on your breathing, mm-hmm. slow your breathing down mm-hmm. at a steady rate so the inhalation matches exhalation. Mm-hmm. And take your attention and just put it inside. Put it in your chest, put it in your abdomen, somewhere. As you go through that process, you start to feel things. And possibly a lot of times when people enter this, you'll start to get narratives okay. about your dad. Mm-hmm. Try not to control it. Try not 
try to just allow that to occur. And as you practice this for days, weeks, the emotions will come. Mm -hmm. Don't be concerned. You don't have to all of a sudden just cry and everything's okay. Right. Or what we were talking about before, that all the energy associated uh, and the emotions of losing your dad are just kind of lost. Sure. And it's just a, a matter of allowing them to process because I promise you, your body wants it. Mm-hmm. She really, you know, your body does want to release. You, you, the mind, yeah. you know, you really do want to do that. And, and you made a great point there. You know, a lot of us who have trauma or are in mourning, you know, it, it is a process, Lindsay. It, it takes time. It's a process. And like you mentioned earlier as well, Dr. Prescott, we beat ourselves up for things. Oh, I should be crying. I should be yeah. feeling. I shouldn't be numb. I should, you know, the shoulds and what's wrong with me. And then on yeah. top of that comes the guilt, <laughs> right? Yeah. Beating ourselves up. With, as, yeah. as the guilt comes, the judgment becomes more harsh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then that negative inner dialogue goes on and creates more yeah. problems and, you know, possibly pain emotionally and physically, which are one and the same, really. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Lindsay, for that, sweetheart. And, and just go to a, a specialist who may help you. Uh, with grief and um, or work through you know your ability to to open yourself up and and trust that it's okay you know a lot of people um, I think fear uh, that if they allow themselves to feel or start crying they're never going to stop and it's going to be way too painful and it's going to be overwhelming to them and but I, I like you I think the truth is is that when we feel it's okay enough to do that in our own time when we when we can that there is again there's a physiological release that's why we that's why we cry that's why we weep that's why we feel these feelings you know there is such a wonderful release and you know so once we're able to just sort of not have that fear about just letting go letting it all out yeah I, I had someone a while back come in and say that they cried for about 20 minutes straight. I said, good for you. <laughs> you know, that was excellent. Good for you. Um, yeah. So thanks again so much for emailing us, Lindsay, and I hope that helped. Um, yeah, you know, before we get into just talking about a few of the exercises themselves that you suggest, which we have already. We've, we've talked about the Qigong. We've talked mm-hmm. about the breathing exercises. Uh, mm-hmm. And also what you have are the uh, schema exercises. You have a, a great little workbook in the back of your book, Conquer Chronic Pain, which uh, folks can go by and use and, and really observe within themselves. So this is a good workbook too, guys. But you, you talk about, um, I think, like six principles um, mm-hmm. that people have to really consider before they get into working on themselves. And they're, wow, they make so much sense because it's almost, it's almost like you're priming the pump here by these principles. It's sort of going, okay, here's what you have to get into thinking before you really start using these exercises. So you say the first principle is that the mind, brain, and body have the ability to heal. Mm-hmm. Now, do we have, do we have uh, to believe that? <laughs> or we, can we go, okay. Uh, it, it seems important that people understand that because, mm-hmm. because a lot of what we do is we go to a doctor and we expect them to heal us. Mm-hmm. But the, the real healing is in us, and, and we retain the ability to heal until we take our last breath. Mm-hmm. And that's important that we acknowledge that, and we acknowledge it every day. Wow. This day it is about me being able to heal. It isn't about me being chronically ill. Wow. And, and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, think. I think it's a huge deal. I mean, how many people do you know that say, oh, I'm getting old. You know, I've got, <laughs> right? Setting themselves yeah, up. Or yeah. the doctor told me I have chronic pain. I'm always going to have chronic pain. That's right. That's great that you were told that, but how, how about if we try to figure out how we can heal? Exactly. How about that concept? Yeah. How about that concept? Um, the second principle, as we mentioned before, is that uh, we can use our ability to heal by observing energy or uh, the chi 
mm-hmm. life energy. So, you know, using that ability to heal, we can do that. That can empower us with our mind. And the third principle is that healing requires us to quiet our minds by using the breath and movement. So you're not talking about, again, having to go to the gym and kill yourself on the treadmill or something like that. You're, you're just talking about movement, which you teach in your book as well, right? It's a more gentle movement of doing gentle exercises like internal qigong or tai chi mm-hmm. yoga oh, yeah. or gentle exercises that's stretching. But it's mm-hmm. also that when you practice these principles, there's a movement that goes on inside of you. Mm-hmm. And the movement is that the healing begins, the healing process may involve some type of energy that I refer to as chi, and I, I has certainly been around for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And that, that there's an external force also out there that one can tune into that'll help them to change and be able to heal. Mm. That's that's the part where it gets out of the realm of empirical linear science, and one has to just experience it and feel. That's the part that scares a yeah. lot of people. No, I think you're what? right. I, I think you're right. It's like, nope. If my doctor says it, that must be true. You know, physicians. Yeah. No, no offense, guys. Don't don't send me nasty emails here. I, I, I think y'all are wonderful, and I know you're doing what you've been trying to do and really trying to help people relieve, you know, their pains and issues. But um, uh, but you're right. Uh, you know, you're so right. So um, I won't go through all the principles, but the really important one is the sixth principle, and folks have to consider that they have to learn to use intention which is simply having the will or the aim for something to happen. So um, are you referring to like an intentional act in which they, they engage in a process, or what do you mean by that? Uh, if you think about what you have to do to move your hand. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be the intention to move your hand, mm-hmm. and then the, the extension occurs. The, the extension is movement, and this was something that was explained mm-hmm. by Kant. But if you can stop at just the intention, I intend to do X. And the intention here is I intend to heal. Mm. And you stop and you do the mindfulness exercise of quieting the mind. Mm -hmm. All else will be taken care of. Wow. The body knows exactly what to do. So uh, if you get a cut and you have to go to a doctor or you, you just get a cut, do you have to sit there and say, I'm intending to, to heal, and I'm going to do X, or is it just, I want this wound to heal? And, right. it, and it happens. Right. The body knows exactly what to, to, to do. Mm-hmm. Those same principles go to the brain. Those same principles go to the mind. Those mm-hmm. same principles go to the spirit. But we lost that. Right. It's just, this is the physiology. Right. And we we retain the, that ability to heal all of those things, but we don't think of that. It's it's just things that we can see that are in front of us. That healing is out there That's and right. in us. Oh, I believe so. It's it's really within us in our brains. And again, um, you know, guys out there, we're we're not talking and we're not putting down a medical science and the effectiveness of immunizations and uh, medications which which help manage, you know, a lot of diseases and disorders. We're not talking about that specifically. We're more talking about conquering chronic pain and not putting it, you know, putting like a band-aid on it with um, you know, drugs. You know, pain mm-hmm. medications. We're talking about, you know, using your mind and your brain and your body to actually come together and um, and conquer that chronic pain that you're dealing with. So mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, what's the best way people can uh, find out more about you, Dr. Prescott, and also get a hold of your book? Uh, the best way people to get a hold of me... I have some things on YouTube that, that kind of explain this a, a little more yeah, that, that I've done a few years ago. Yeah. Um, people can reach me at my email. That's P.S. and Paul, P.S. and Paul, R. 
Z-E-K-O-P at L-L-U dot E-D-U. That's my academic email. Okay. And I think the book is on Amazon and, and local bookstores, as far as I know, yep. and, and can be accessed online. It sure is. It sure is. They can access that online. And guys, in case you missed the show, uh, a lot of it today, and you just tuned in a little later, um, this will go up in the archives for, you know, downloading and replaying tomorrow as well. We'll have all the information for you, uh, how to find out more about Dr. Prescott and also to get his book, Conquering, or it's actually Conquer Chronic Pain, an Innovative Mind-Body Approach. Um, it's going to do you and uh, people you know who are suffering from chronic pain a lot of good to get, get a hold of this book. Dr. Prescott, thank you so much for coming on the couch today. It's it's just the time has gone really fast, <laughs> as <Yeah>. always. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, I've enjoyed it, and I hope it's been helpful. Oh, it really has been helpful. So we all appreciate it, and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, keeping in touch and also your next book as well. <laughs> all right. Take good care. Thanks again. Bye. All right, guys. Um, now, if you, again, want to hear the show, it'll be up and uh, just available for you in the archives tomorrow. So that'll be great. So you can listen right here on LA Talk Radio. Just uh, look up uh, Channel One on the couch with me, Dr. Michelle Cohen. As I always say, do uh, take care of yourself first, and then you'll be great for others. And that's the way it works in the world. Thanks for listening. We're going to have more great shows coming up for you. And next week, another special author is going to talk about getting into the inner you and healing yourself as well, but really getting your mind straight so you're going to have a happier, uh, just more joyful and easy life every day. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.